Welcome back to 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. I wanted to start right off today with a big thank you for all of you who have been sending us kind reviews from all countries. I'll post a few at the end of this story, so stay with us. Many of you have read Stephen Crane's powerful novel, The Red Badge of Courage, about a young soldier named Fleming who broke and ran at the Battle of Chancellorsville during the American Civil War, then did his best to convince others that he'd been wounded. The story was and is powerful because it tells us that war is hell and lets us know that most human beings are terrified of dying, just as they're terrified to be branded as cowards. And during the Civil War, almost every man of age joined if he was able to, knowing full well he would forever have to endure the social stigma that came behind for all who didn't participate in the war, knowing full well that he would forever have to endure the social stigma that was attached to cowardice in whatever small town that he would be returning to. What many people don't know is that one year after the huge success of the Red Badge of Courage, Stephen Crane wrote a follow-up story using that same character, Henry Fleming, but this time a short story, and a story that introduced Fleming as an old man. And in this story, Crane gives his character a chance to redeem himself. And now, The Veteran, by Stephen Crane. Out of the low window could be seen three hickory trees placed irregularly in a meadow that was resplendent in springtime green. Farther away, the old dismal belfry of the village church loomed over the pines. A horse, meditating in the shade of one of the hickories, lazily swished his tail. The warm sunshine made an oblong of vivid yellow on the floor of the grocery. "'Could you see the whites of their eyes?' said the man, who was seated on a soapbox. "'Nothing of the kind,' replied old Henry warmly. "'Just a lot of flitting figures, and I let go at where they appeared to be the thickest. Bang! Bang!' "'Mr. Fleming,' said the grocer. His deferential voice expressed somehow the old man's exact social weight. "'Mr. Fleming, you never was frightened much in them battles, was you?' The veteran looked down and grinned. Observing his matter, the entire group tittered. "'Well, I guess I was,' he answered finally. "'Pretty well scared sometimes. Why, in my first battle, I thought the sky was falling down. I thought the world was coming to an end. You bet I was scared.' Everyone laughed. Perhaps it seemed strange and rather wonderful to them that a man should admit the thing, and in the tone of their laughter there was probably more admiration than if old Fleming had declared that he had always been a lion. Moreover, they knew that he had ranked as an orderly sergeant, and so their opinion of his heroism was fixed. None, to be sure, knew how an orderly sergeant ranked, but then it was understood to be somewhere just shy of a major general's stars. So, when old Henry admitted that he had been frightened, there was a laugh. The trouble was, said the old man, I thought they were all shooting at me. Yes, sir, I thought every man in the other army was aiming at me in particular, and only me. And it seemed so darned unreasonable, you know. I wanted to explain to him what an almighty good fellow I was, because I thought then they might quit all trying to hit me. But I couldn't explain, and they kept on being unreasonable. Blim, 
Blam! Bang! So I run. Two little triangles of wrinkles appeared at the corner of his eyes. Evidently he appreciated some comedy in this recital. Down near his feet, however, little Jim, his grandson, was visibly horror-stricken. His hands were clasped nervously, and his eyes were wide with astonishment at this terrible scandal. His most magnificent grandfather saying such a thing. That was at Chancellorsville. Of course, afterward I kind of got used to it. A man does. Lots of men, though, seem to feel all right from the start. I did as soon as I got on to it, as they say now, but at first I was pretty well flustered. Now, there was young Jim Conklin, old Cy Conklin's son, that used to keep the tannery. None of you probably recollect him. Well, he went into it from the start just as if he was born to it. But with me, it was different. I had to get used to it. When little Jim walked with his grandfather, he was in the habit of skipping along on the stone pavement in front of the three stores and the hotel of the town and betting that he could avoid the cracks. But upon this day, he walked soberly with his hand gripping two of his grandfather's fingers. Sometimes he kicked abstractedly at dandelions that curved over the walk. Anyone could see that he was much troubled. "'There's sickles cold over in the meadow, Jimmy,' said the old man. "'Don't you wish you owned one like him?' "'Hmm, uh, said the boy, with a strange lack of interest. He continued his reflections. Then he finally ventured. Grandpa, now, was that true what you was telling those men? What? What? asked the grandfather. What was I telling them? Oh, about your running. Why, yes, that was true enough, Jimmy. In my first fight, and there was an awful lot of noise, you know. Jimmy seemed dazed that this idol of its own will should so totter. His stout boyish idealism was injured. Presently the grandfather said, Sickles Colt's going for a drink. Don't you wish you owned Sickles Colt, Jimmy? The boy merely answered, He ain't as nice as Arn. He lapsed then into another moody silence. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A few days later, one of the hired men, a Swede, desired to drive to the county seat for purposes of his own. The old man loaned a horse and an unwashed buggy. It appeared later that one of the purposes of the Swede was to get drunk. After quelling some boisterous frolic of the farmhands and boys in the garret, the old man had that night gone peacefully to sleep when he was aroused by clamoring at the kitchen door. He grabbed his trousers and they waved out behind as he dashed forward. He could now hear the voice of the Swede, screaming and blubbering. He pushed the wooden button, and as the door flew open, the Swede, a maniac now, 
stumbled inward, chattering, weeping, still screaming. The barn fire! The fire! The barn's on fire! There was a swift and indescribable change in the old man. His face ceased instantly to be a face. It became a mask, a gray thing, with horror written about the mouth and eyes. He hoarsely shouted at the foot of the little rickety stairs, and immediately, it seemed, there came down an avalanche of men. No one knew that during this time the old lady had been standing in her nightclothes at the bedroom door, yelling, "'What's the matter? What's the matter?' When they dashed toward the barn, it presented to their eyes its usual appearance, solemn, rather mystic in the black night. The Swede's lantern was overturned at a point some yards in front of the barn doors. It contained a wild little conflagration of its own, and even in their excitement, some of those who ran felt a gentle secondary vibration of the thrifty part of their minds at the sight of this overturned lantern. Under ordinary circumstances, it would have been a calamity. But the cattle in the barn were trampling, trampling, and above the noise could be heard a humming like the song of innumerable bees. The old man hurled aside the great doors, and a yellow flame leaped out at one corner and sped and wavered frantically up the old gray wall. It was glad, terrible, this single flame, like the wild banner of deadly and triumphant foes. The motley crowd from the garret had come with all the water pails of the farm. They flung themselves upon the well. It was a leisurely old machine, long dwelling in indolence. It was in the habit of giving out water with a sort of reluctance. The men stormed at it, cursed it, but it continued to allow the buckets to be filled only after the wheezy windlass had howled many protests at the mad-handed men. With his open knife in his hand, Old Fleming himself had gone headlong into the barn, where the stifling smoke swirled with the air currents, and where it could be heard in its fullness the terrible chorus of the flames, laden with tones of hate and death, a hymn of wonderful ferocity. He flung a blanket over an old mare's head, cut the halter close to the manger, and led the mare to the door, and fairly kicked her out to safety. He returned with the same blanket, and rescued one of the workhorses. He took five horses out, and then came out himself, with his clothes bravely on fire. He had no whiskers any more, and very little hair on his head. They soused five pailfuls of water on him. His eldest son made a clean miss with the sixth pailful, because the old man had turned, and was now running down the decline, and around to the basement of the barn, where were the staunchions of the cows. Someone noticed at the time that he ran very lamely, as if one of the frenzied horses had smashed his hip. The cows, with their heads held in the heavy stanchions, had thrown themselves, strangled themselves, tangled themselves, done everything which the ingenuity of their exuberant fear could suggest them to do. Here, as at the well, the same thing happened to every man save one. Their hands went mad. They became incapable of everything save the power to rush into dangerous situations. The old man released the cow nearest the door, and she, blind drunk with terror, crashed into the Swede. The Swede had been running to and fro babbling. He carried an empty milk pail to which he clung with an unconscious, fierce enthusiasm. He shrieked like one lost as he went under the cow's hooves, and the milk pail, rolling across the floor, made a flash of silver in the gloom.
Old Fleming took a fork, beat a cow away, and dragged the paralyzed Swede to the open air. When they had rescued all the cows save one, which had so fastened herself that she could not be moved an inch, they returned to the front of the barn and stood sadly, breathing like men who had reached the final point of human effort. Many people had come running. Someone had even gone to the church, and now, from the distance, rang the toxin note of the old bell. There was a long flare of crimson on the sky, which made remote people speculate as to the whereabouts of the fire. The long flames sang their drumming chorus in voices of the heaviest bass. The wind whirled clouds of smoke and cinders into the faces of the spectators. The form of the old barn was outlined in black amidst these masses of orange-hued flames. And then came this Swede again, crying as one who is the weapon of the sinister fates. De Colts! De Colts! You have forgot De Colts! Old Fleming staggered. It was true. They had forgotten the two colts in the box stalls at the back of the barn. Boys, he said, I must try to get him out. They clamored about him then, afraid for him, afraid of what they should see. Then they talked wildly to each other. Why, it's sure death. He would never get out. Why, it's suicide for a man to go in there. Old Fleming stared absent-mindedly at the open doors. Those poor little critters, he said, and he rushed into the barn. When the roof fell in, a great funnel of smoke swarmed toward the sky, as if the old man's mighty spirit, released from his body, a little bottle, had swelled like the genie of fable. The smoke was tinted rose hue from the flames, and perhaps the unutterable midnights of the universe will have no power to daunt the color of this soul. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. Here are those reviews from Apple listeners that I promised you. If any of you use Stitcher.com, they accept reviews there as well. And if you submit them, I'll read them. Same thing by emailing me at 1001storiespodcast at gmail.com. Five stars. Between the excellent story selection and John's brilliant voice, this podcast is a fantastic way to hear many short stories by various authors. I've fallen in love with O. Henry and Lovecraft as a direct result of this stream. I'm now even reading a wider selection of authors, all thanks to the work John has done. John, you're my literary hero. Please keep up the good work. And if you have any more Lovecraft, please do read. Your voice is excellent. That's Eva Draif via Apple Podcasts India. And this one, five stars. Great. I'm also an Australian, but I know how to skip forward when I want to. There are, there are like one or maybe two ads that take up one to two percent of the time. Anyway, I love this show. Really great choice of stories, and I find it so soothing to listen to them. Thank you for a great podcast. And that's from OzUser20 via Apple Podcasts Australia. And this one, great stories, five stars. Enjoy listening to these stories as I work. Happy subscriber. That's Chief in the Trees via Apple Podcasts US. And this one, wonderful. Thanks for your wonderful storytelling from an American in France. And that's from Rosh Khalif R via Apple Podcasts France. And this one, what a find. 
Truly fantastic podcast. Thanks, John. Wish I would have found the 1001 podcast shows sooner. Working as a mechanic, it's great to pop on the headphones and get lost in work listening to John's humble yet fantastic voice for narration. More O. Henry, please. Listen to the ransom of Red Chief seven times so far. He popped the hot potato down my shirt and smashed it, so I boxed his ears. Bah ha ha! Thanks for your dedication, John. That's from Rigged Spinwheel via Apple Podcast US. And this one, great stories and very well presented. Thank you. That one from Icy Cold Racer, Apple Podcast Australia. And this one, five stars, great podcast. Thanks for making my drive to and from work more enjoyable. I appreciate the selection of classics and great short stories that I unfortunately don't have the time at the moment to read. Keep them coming. That one from Pokey Bro Mikey via Apple Podcast US. And this one, five stars, great storytelling and family friendly. Collection of popular authors and classic novels for the whole family. Keep up the good work. Greetings from the Philippines. That one from Le Flea via Apple Podcast Philippines. And this one, thank you. Great audio stories. I'm listening to it nearly every day. Please continue. And that one from Sasha Lisieva via Apple Podcast Ukraine. Thank you all so very, very, very much for taking the time to do these reviews. I know that it takes some extra minutes. And I also want to tell all of you, I'm very humbled when you compliment my voice. I'm really doing this for the enjoyment, and my voice doesn't sound that good to me. But I do thank you for the kind compliments that you give me. And I think you already know that I do this because I absolutely love to bring these stories to the public. Because I'm so very fond of literature and good writing, and I think that's something we need more of today. And we certainly need to be aware of the masters of the past. better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.